Previously on the Loyal Littles podcast. The cornflakes I was okay with. You had cornflakes with marshmallows? Yeah. When? Where was I? I swear you've had them too. Oh, you mean the frosted flakes. <laughs> what did I just say? Cornflakes. <laughs> Isn't it the same thing? No, one's frosted no. and one's not. Yeah, but I pour a ton of sugar on them, so that's frosted. <laughs> oh my God, again. <laughs> Welcome back to the Loyal Littles Podcast on the WTFC Podcast Network. Hey, that's my line. Oh, Roxy, you snooze, you lose. Maybe you should go get some cornflakes or something. Uh, welcome back to the Loyal Littles Podcast. Simon's here with us, obviously. We've got some big plans for him later in the show. Roxy's Ooh, yeah. here, of course. Wait, okay. am I not allowed to say I'm here then? What? Am I allowed to say I'm here? You here? are. That's true. This is a big moment. Simon's with us. I can see Simon. Yeah. Plain gonna... as the nose on my face. <laughs> he's, he's six, uh, you're almost six feet away. Wow, yeah, about six feet away. It's very strange to actually interact in this yeah, way. Yeah, it's been a long time. It's real... been since the summer. Yeah. It's been really weird. I don't know how I like it, because we're so used to doing it the other way. I, I know, I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't like this at all. I'd rather not see your faces. <laughs> You'd rather like be it. in the closet. I'd much, much rather that, yeah, yeah. <laughs> all right, well, let's jump right into things, because Chuck here got hammered. And I don't mean in a good way. We heard from Tony Beeson, and he says, Chuck, Chuck, Chuck. Cornflakes is a classic American treasure, which is the original ready-to-eat breakfast cereal. Frosted Flakes is a marketing trope, which is not great. That's how he wrote it. But rather bad for your teeth and sugar-coated nightmare. But it's delicious. Yes. Now, okay. Now, Simon, mm. you said the same thing. What did I say? Well, last time we were talking about cereal. Oh, you about remember? your health issues. Yeah, about my Related health issues. To cereal, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. here's the thing, Littles. All right, so I, I'm not going to not acknowledge the fact that I agree to the point that, yes, they're different things, okay? But if I have cornflakes, I put sugar on them. So doesn't that make them frosted flakes? No, it doesn't. No. no not at all. They're not frosted. Yeah. But isn't With frosted... sugar-coated frosting. But, but that's... So they just have sugar on them. So it's not granulated sugar. sugar. Okay. Well, Chris Davenport also says Frosted Flakes are not cornflakes. I didn't say they were. I'm just saying the way I have them. Full disclosure, guys, I actually sometimes put sugar on my Frosted Flakes. <laughs> of course you do. Here's the thing. We were referencing the Frosted Flakes with marshmallows, and you said cornflakes with marshmallows. That is inaccurate. It's frosted flakes with marshmallows. But if you dump a bunch of sugar on them. No. No, it's not frosted. It's just sugar on it. All of this is just sugar. This is just sugar on sugar on sugar on sugar. I guess. I don't know. I just enjoy them both. And if it's, I'll buy cornflakes and just put sugar on them. And I think that's frosted flakes, but. Not true. All right. Let's move on. Let's get through these because we do have a little special thing we want to do before we take off. We heard from Rupesh Sharma. Hey, Chuck and Roxy, two things from the last podcast. The reason the day before Thanksgiving is called Drinksgiving is because it is the busiest day at bars. I wonder why it's that day and not another holiday, like day before holiday. Yeah. I don't know. Really? I, th I would think like St. Patrick's Day would be a busier day. Yeah, although not everyone has off on that. That's true. Period. In England, Christmas Eve is the is the big one. Well, wait. Do most people smashed. have the day before Thanksgiving off? I thought I know the day after, sure, because it's like no. But you have Thanksgiving off before. and the day after, so you really and, oh, and so after and that, I see drinks. what you're saying. I see yeah. what you're saying, and I still think I hit it on the head by saying like, yeah, you're prepping for Thanksgiving when you're going to have to spend all freaking day with your family, and you just you just need to drink a little. Yeah, you just <laughs> need to be really hungover. You want to have a really bad headache when you have to go and talk to your uncle. Extra grumpy. Yeah. Right, yeah. right. All right, and then he continues, Roxy? Yeah, he says, how can Simon not like ice cream? He was born in the hometown of the best ice cream on the planet, Graders, from Cincinnati, Ohio. Okay, well, Ooh. let's clear something up real quick. Yeah, clear something up. I was born in Kentucky, Lexington, Kentucky, and then right. the first year of my life was in Cincinnati. So, so the, pretty the point much, yes. is still probably valid. Yes. I don't, I, it's, just, it's just very cold. It's very cold. And too sweet <laughs> well, ice cream. Yeah. One-year-olds one can't really have ice cream. There you are. So I so wasn't able to that. taste it. So at he that wasn't age. able to experience that. But maybe if you go back someday, you should be like, you know what? For Rube, I'll try some ice cream. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've changed graders. my mind. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Now, I will, I will confirm that. Graders is pretty good. I don't know if it's the best I've ever had, but it's, it's, uh, it's definitely What's up the there best for sure. Ice cream I don't know. Had? Bobby Sue's ice cream in Freedom, New Hampshire. 
Oh, wow. Very specific. Very. Mm-hmm. Okay. What flavor? Any. Any. Oh. All right. Well, let's just go around the horn here. We have Joe Maloney. He said, when I'm solo for Thanksgiving, I've done a Cornish game hen, especially if I didn't want to or couldn't deal with leftovers or the smallest turkey I could find if I did want leftovers, a carcass for turkey soup, etc. Yeah. I mean, it's a different bird entirely. I've but, never you know. had it and I've honestly never had the desire to try it. You know, Roxy, now that I think about it, I don't know that I've ever had one either. Just the word Cornish hen, I I never knew what Cornish meant. It's and someone from Cornwall or something from Cornwall in England. Oh, see, I didn't know that, so I like I just didn't understand. It's just very, it's a very small bird, but yeah, cor- yeah anything it's... that's Cornish is from Cornwall. This is why I'm here, guys. Wow, wow, information for life. Yeah, right? Cornwall is in the south west of England. But so. do you know where Girl Scout cookies come from? Cornwall. I don't know. We heard from Kim Wilson, two L's. In case you weren't aware, there are two different bakeries for the Girl Scouts. One produces Caramel Delights and one produces the Samoas. It just depends on which bakery that local Girl Scout council has the agreement with. And then she wrote, hashtag Team Samoas and where I'm with you. Interesting. I'm Team Thin Mints all the way. No, no, no. We're not talking about that. <laughs> We're talking about the difference between Caramel Delights and Samoas. I know, and I don't care. Give me Thin Mints. (laughs) You can have your Thin Mints. We have a couple quick thank yous. Thank you, Eric Barnes, for sending this great picture that I'm going to show Roxy right now. She has not seen it yet, but I'm going to show it to her right now. Aww. (laughs) Wait, okay. That's baby not Yoda floating along the parade route that uh, is baby yoda isn't it it's not, not baby yoda. yoda no i know but Chuck they call spoil- it baby yoda well it's, it's grogu it, isn't it yeah it looks like oh, that's yoda. even more of a spoiler we haven't finished yet we it's, stopped le- we stopped watching oh. <laughs> oh. i don't think it's a spoiler to but say what the name cute. is, is it? Like, no, no. baby not yoda is floating right by radio city so it was adorable. Yeah. Thank you for sending that in. I, I was saving that. I'm saving one more that she doesn't know about. Uh-oh. And it's not really to us, Roxy, but I saw it and I screen caught it. Or what do you call that? Screenshotted it. Screenshotted it. Is that shotted it? Is that a screen, screen Shot screen, it. Screenshot, screen, I think. Screenshot. Screen screenshot it. Yeah. Um, Dina Damascus, she posted, it says, I cleaned out my Gmail. Nothing in my inbox. Everything I need to save, not as many as I started with, are in folders or in an action folder. Now, first, and hashtag winning, yes, you are. Roxy, tell everyone how many emails you have in your inbox. Read or unread, or both, total. It's just upsetting. The whole thing is upsetting. She did not know I was going to read this because this cracks me up every time. Well, unread... 760. 760. I see that pop up on her phone occasionally, and it makes me, it makes my stomach just, yeah. Oh, that's nothing. How uh, have you not read seven? It's been a busy few days, okay? But, wait, but my, what if there's something in there that's important? What if I sent you an email? I scroll through quick and make sure I don't have anything that's super important, but I've been too busy to hit the delete button. So, but I'm, I'm, things are slowing down again, so I can hit the delete button. Okay, so, but my question is, so you're saying like, I'm guessing like 95% of those are spam? Oh, yeah. Okay, Simon, don't yours go to a spam well, folder? Yeah, but I, I, I'm of the same thing of you, like I have to have it all... Cleaned. All yeah. unread. Right. Uh, all read, sorry. All like, I, I can't have it. But I, I, I know plenty of people that have 10,000 unread what on their thing and that that gives me the heebie-jeebies as well it's like how do you function so 700 i'm surprised i'm like because normally i feel like people fall into two categories it's either like zero or ten thousand well, but you're you're in that middle area unfortunately yeah. because i do a lot of online not shopping but basic browsing. Browsing, browsing online browsing those places then have my email address and they send me stuff like deals and coupons right. and things like that, which most of the time I delete because I, I don't need to be spending a lot of money. But most of that is all ads and coupons and discount codes and whatever for various places that I've like browsed through. Fair enough, but and I've still just blows been my mind. too busy to hit the delete button. But it's 760. Those have had to been there for like a month. No, that's just in the last couple days. Okay, you need to go and start unsubscribing. I try. Okay. But I <laughs> unsubscribe right. to five and five more pop up. All right. Well, we have to get out of here. But before we get to our Meet the Littles guest, I did want to take just a few seconds 
and pay homage and basically just say R.I.P. Stephen Sondheim. I, it, it, this one hurt me a little bit. It really did because he's one of my favorites. I don't even know where to begin. I mean, his stuff has just touched me so much. And it's funny because I think a lot of people, they have certain favorites. And I think a lot of people are going to be surprised when I tell you one of my favorites is Company, believe it or not. That's one of my all-time favorites that he did. I'll never forget. They have a great DVD out there, the recording of the cast album. They were the first ones to do that. Now, I know, I believe the producers did another one years later. But if you want some nostalgia, go watch that video, Littles, because they're in the recording studio, like smoking cigarettes. The band has ashtrays on their music stands. And even the singers, the lead singer, you know, he's like in between verses taking puffs on his cigarette. And just to think of like how that would never be allowed today, you know, in today's world. It's just amazing. And to actually see the very young Stephen Sondheim mixing at the board with the sound engineer and stuff like that. It's just amazing. Uh, and, you know, Into the Woods is another one of my favorites. But Roxy, what's your favorite? Do you have a favorite Sondheim? Yeah, I would say West Side Story made a huge impact on my life as a dancer and many other people, as well as I would say Sweeney Todd. But I've only seen the office version with Andy <laughs> Bernard. <laughs> right. Um, and just to clarify, he was the lyricist for West Side Story. It was right. Bernstein's music. But still, you know, that's a big part he, of it. He had a big part of it. Yeah. And yeah. Simon, anything? Uh Probably a funny thing happened on the way to the forum. Yes. That's that was a, why I did that when very I was like, good. I don't know, 14 or something. I just thought it was... So much fun and it's so cleverly written so and clever. yeah. Yeah. You'd be so, great. You're, you'd be great in that show. I loved it. I actually weirdly played... I mean, it was like a high school production, so I was right. sitting next to the old man. That's cute. <laughs> All right. Let's get out of here. Great Meet the Littles guest. We had a fun time with this one. We'll be right back with Meet the Littles. Hello there, Chuck and Roxy. This is Santa. With a reminder, people who listen to the Loyal Littles podcast stay on the nice list. Ho, ho, ho! being played in this episode by Sarah Glassman and this song is called Christmas Eve Love Under the Tree. Now I believe we played this last season as well. It's officially here Christmas time. We can play Christmas music. We really really liked this one last season so we thought we'd bring it back. Now some exciting news for Sarah is that she has now teamed up with a partner Joshua J. Bennett And they perform all over together. And even more exciting news, they have a new Christmas album coming out in December. We will probably get you more from that coming soon. When that gets released, we're really excited about that. In the meantime, if you like what you hear, you can find all of Sarah's stuff on her website, sarahglassmanmusic.com. That's S-A-R-A-H-G-L-A-S-S-M-A-N-M-U-S-I-C.com. You can also find her on Twitter at Sarah Glassman. You can find her on Instagram at Sarah Glassman Music. And if you want to look into all their new stuff, Josh and Sarah can be found on Instagram at Josh and Sarah Sing. They play all over here in the city. Townhouse Piano Bar, Brandy's Piano Bar. They're a lot of fun. So if you get into the city, you'll have to come check them out. But in the meantime, as always, we'll play the full song, Christmas Eve, Love Under the Tree, at the end of the podcast. All right, all you loyal littles, it's now time to meet the littles. Roxy, are you ready? I'm ready. This is going to be a great one, I can tell already. Please welcome to the podcast, Daniel Ford. Hey, Daniel, how's it going? It's going very well. How are you? Glad to be here. We're great. Yeah. This is already going to be a lot of fun. We've already dropped some things on you that you didn't know. You're, you're, I'm going to say you're a newbie. You, you, you claim that you just found out about the podcast recently, right? Yes, I am very much a newbie, but uh, I dig it. I dig it in a big way. So uh, I, I'm very pumped for this. Now, you have a great voice for this, and I wonder why. 
This is going to be great. We'll get there. Listen, this is how we started off. We usually just turn it over to you, within reason, and introduce yourself to all the loyal littles out there and tell us something about yourself. Yeah, asking a writer to just go for it, uh, man, that is a recipe for disaster. Uh, within reason. So uh, as, as you said, my name is Daniel Ford. I am an author of two books. Uh, Sid Sanford Lives, which is a novel that came out in 2017, and Black Coffee, which came out two years later in 2019, a set of short stories. I am also a podcaster, as you might tell from my voice, which was uh, founded on a love of the Tony Kornheiser show. That's how uh, I fell in love with podcasting to begin with. But we, I have a show called Writer's Bone that I host, uh, and we talk to writers, screenwriters, actors, actresses, musicians, anyone with a creative bone in their body, including uh, some bigs. Uh, Ann Hornaday was on our show a couple of years ago. Uh, that's, uh, that's probably the biggest name we have on, and we recorded a chatter. So that's kind of, that's my story. Uh, and I also, uh, I am the founder of the Writer's Bone Podcast Network, which includes a bunch of shows uh, like Pop Literacy, As Told To, Film Freaks Forever, everything. Uh, all of our podcast hosts tend to be writers or creative types. So uh, that I guess that's my type. I don't know. Nice. Well, it's our type too. Yeah. As you now know, we just got done off air introducing ourselves kind of thing. And he had no idea what we did. Mm-hmm. And it's just really exciting to connect with you finally. Yeah, it got close to me just starting interviewing you and flipping <laughs> the scripts. Uh, so we're going to have to make that happen in the future. Yeah, Chuck and Roxy are going to have to come on your podcast, yeah, I think. Be It'll so be a fun. lot of fun. Yep. Now, forgive me, I just, I've only heard one episode of your podcast so far. Hello, bearing the lead. Our guests tend to do that here. But how many are you? You're over 500 episodes, correct? Yeah, so wow. we're, wow. it's also kind of a, a misnomer because we also run a Friday morning coffee series, which is somewhat of the same show. It's it's taken on a different social justice vibe in the last couple of years uh, with our host, Caitlin Malqui. But there's also like 200, close to 300 episodes of those. So really, we're, we're kind of up in like the, we're closer to like 800 overall episodes. Holy but like the, wow. the main episode run, like the quote unquote main show, we just hit 500. I think we're on 505. Wow. Uh, Luis Erdrich, who's a big time author, the reigning Pulitzer Prize winner for fiction was just on the show yeah. recently. It was a terrific Yeah, that's guest. the one uh, I just listened to. Wow. Uh, I kind of want to, I'm, I'm, I'm applauding in the background. Amazing. I don't know if you can hear that. <laughs> I mean, seriously, I mean, congratulations. That's, I mean, thank you. You know, I mean, we you just guys know how it is yeah. running an independent yeah. podcast. Yeah. I mean, it, it's a ton of work that people don't realize mm-hmm. just to keep up with it, whether it's a week or a month, like it's, it's work. So, yeah. uh, you know, to get, I don't like to look back a lot. Our goal always is moving forward here, writer's bone, but it, it, 500 was the one that we hit where I was like, all right, maybe, maybe we can take a, a little uh, voyage through what we've just been through <laughs> and learn some lessons from it. But still like, you know, the, my favorite episode is always the next one. That's hilarious. Cause you were 500, we were 50th. I'm like 50th. So what we did, we had a little fun with it. We went back and got all these clips from 50 of not we didn't do 50 we did like what was it eight to ten guests yeah. and little clips from previous episodes just, hey, and threw it together when, like walk down memory lane. yeah like a walk down memory lane like you were yeah. just saying but i just think that's funny that yours was 500 ours was 50 so <laughs> and, uh, and those clip shows whether you have 50 episodes or 100 or 500 like those are tough to pull off oh I did my gosh one, once i think it was like for our 200th or 300th episode where i went back and did that and i was like Never again. That's all we got. I'm so, this, man, I wish you were in New York. That's all I'm going to say, because this is so great. I mean, besides we found out you're a Yankees fan off air. Other than that, you're great so far. Yeah, no, it's so, okay. Sorry about it's all good. We'll get and, there. And uh, I lived in New York for a long time, so it's uh, we must have missed each other on the streets of New York. Probably. Well, it's just hilarious that you said that, because I said the same thing to Roxy, because we wanted to do something special for our 50th, yep. and I'm like, I hope these people appreciate this, because this took freaking forever yeah. to go through these episodes and then clip them out and plug them in. And it was just like, it was a lot of work. So anyway, we're here to meet you. So let's go back now. Where did you grow up and how did you get into all this? Did you go to school for writing and stuff or how did all that come about? Let's go back from the very beginning because I have a Bristol, Connecticut connection. Oh, great. Uh, I was born right in Bristol, Connecticut. Oh, nice. Uh, So I I was born pretty much down the street from the mothership ESPN. (laughs) And back then, you know, it was more of a regional network than it was right. a huge national behemoth that it is now. I mean, it was one building and there were a ton of satellites, but they did weird sports like 
yacht racing and you know all the sports that no one wanted to air nationally like they were doing at the very beginning all of these quippy sportscasters that you had never seen before some of them had shaggy hair i mean no one had seen anyone like chris berman before bob lee was growing up on the air and loving it i mean it was just kind of like a ramshackle mess that we loved in town because obviously they were a big taxpayer and people love that sure so I kind of just grew up watching ESPN, obviously, and being a huge fan. But I mean, I was always reading, always being a writer. I wanted to do this since birth, essentially, as I, I am told by my parents. And just, yeah. And then uh, I went to uh, St. John's in New York City oh, because okay. uh, as a kid, like, that was my goal. Like, I'm going to live in New York. That's it. I'm, like, going to be a struggling writer in New York. And that yeah. was my dream. Mission accomplished. <laughs> <Good>. <laughs> Made that happen. But yeah, I went to St. John's for journalism and came out of it. It's funny because I was taught by all of these crusty, ink-stained newspaper guys, which is part of the reason why I think I gravitated toward Tony Kornheiser to begin with, right? because he had that background. And you can tell a newspaper guy or woman from anyone else like immediately. But yeah, it, it was when the internet was coming on the scene. So I, I came out with like a print background essentially. And then it's like, yeah, those skills aren't applicable. Like you need internet skills. I'm like, well, good, good Lord. I like, I know how to pull up a website. So then I kind of had to like self teach myself, like how to develop a website and HTML and all that stuff and mm. how to write for an online audience. So uh, yeah, that's how it started. Okay. And you knew you, from day one, you knew you wanted to be a writer? A hundred percent. And there's nothing else that I have been good at. I wish that at some point, like I would have been good at finance or yeah. Stock trading, <laughs> uh, medicine, surgery, you know, something lucrative, you know, something that could have paid my mortgage uh, in one shot mm. as opposed to the way I'm doing it now. So, uh, yeah, this this is it. Like, I'm a one trick pony. All right. And so what I do you understand that? Yeah. yeah. What do you, so what do you do now? I mean, what was your first job out of college type of thing? My first job, I worked as a sales assistant for a jewelry magazine mm. right out of school. Essentially, I did like one and a half years of grad school where I was literally starving and I was like, I can't do this. So I kind of gave up the grad school thing to go to work, ended up as a sales assistant at this jewelry magazine. And eventually through just attrition and being annoying, I ended up on the writing staff and ended up being their web editor. So that's kind of my oh, cool. dual career path. And I was in a meeting once. And they, they sent me to this meeting and it was all about web design and they were developing this backend tool to publish the website and all this. I'm like, this isn't my job. I don't know why I'm here. I must be in the wrong meeting. The <laughs> next day they fired the web editor, pointed at me and said, you're up, kid. And I was like, ah, oh, geez, I should have paid attention to that meeting. I just <laughs> So from there, I had to kind of self-teach myself how to do all of this, which has been interesting. Gotcha. And now you live in Massachusetts, you said now? I do, yeah. So my wife is from up here in Massachusetts. We moved. Uh, I got laid off from my job in New York, the same jewelry magazine, just as part of business as usual. Yeah. And she was moving back up here. I'm like, well, I'm out of time, money, and resources in New York, and uh, I kind of like you, so let's, let's see where this goes. <laughs> and I'm like, I can move to Boston? Sure, no problem. And I signed the lease in my first apartment up here the day the Red Sox won the 2013 World Series. Nice. And my wife was at the game, and I thought to myself, Myself, maybe I may have made a mistake. Maybe <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing. Now, she wasn't your wife then, though, right? Correct. Yeah. Okay, so okay. we were just dating. Yeah. Right. I actually, uh, it's funny because I spent, while well, they, she went to the game with her father and I ended up having dinner with her mother and grandmother. And uh, my whole life, like my dream is go, has been to go to a World Series game. And to, I, I remember looking around and being like, this is my life now. All right. Uh, this is different. <laughs> now, please tell me you weren't a total jerk and wore like a Yankee shirt or Yankee hat to the dinner that night. No. Uh, well, I can't say I can't say I wasn't wearing a hat. I was probably where I'm always wearing a Yankees hat. So yeah, I, I got it's, you. the odds are good that I was wearing a Yankee hat. But they took pity on me. That's, that's yeah. So well, funny. that's true. That's that's so funny. So your wife's a diehard Red Sox fan. We love that. Now. So correct me. Does she do the podcast with you? Yeah. So she is our co-host. Right. Our official co-host on our main show. Uh, you know, she's got a more demanding full time gig than I do. Mm hmm. Because, of course, I mean, well, I have a full-time job on the side. Like, why not? Uh, that's yeah. that's how I, I treat it. Yeah, she started doing it. Uh, and, you know, if there's a writer that she likes, she uh, loves to jump on. Uh, we have a couple of interviews coming up, which I can't quite talk about until they go live. Ooh. But uh, she was with me. We uh, interviewed the folks that did the show uh, One Day at a Time, the reboot. Oh, oh okay. Cool. That just came up yeah. on our podcast not too long ago. Yeah, Mike Royce and uh, Gloria Calderon-Kellett. Mm -hmm. 
and they were terrific. And it was just before the show was like officially canceled. Yeah. canceled. Wow. Caught them wow. in like a weird spot. But we were like part of the push to get them back on the air, essentially. Didn't go well, but dang, we're pretty proud of that. So yeah, she comes in for the big time interviews. Oh, wow. That's exciting. Roxy, nice. it's like us. It's yeah. kind of fun. <laughs> All right. It's like a couple. But yeah, there's no better episodes on our, our site than the ones that I do with her. That, that, yeah. that tends to be case yeah i wasn't sure because like i said i've only listened to one because i just found out who you are and all that stuff but that's going to be neat so we'll have to deep yeah, dive go yeah. back a little ways and listen to some you know the ones you do together it'll be fun so. yeah it's interesting because i mean i started out with one partner who has since uh, i mean he's still kind of unofficially part of the website but it was a total lark like it was two creative types in boston who had just moved there i was in a tiny studio apartment in malden and i was like hey you want to just come over and we'll hit record and you had bad microphones and it was bad acoustics. Oh, God. And I think, you know, you were talking about your first episode where you put a disclaimer on it. I think midway through, like our sound just went out and I had oh, to go wow. back in and record and be like, no. hey, we're two writers trying to figure this out. <laughs> buckle up i'm just so happy to hear this it makes it's music to my ears sir because i know you're i mean you're over 500 so you're clearly very accomplished with your podcast and to hear that you went through the same thing we did it makes us feel like we're not alone yeah because we went through the same exact thing i mean the acoustics were terrible we had like construction outside our window yeah it was a mess it was a mess we had no microphones i mean that was the worst but we kind of hope people stick with it if they start from the beginning because it was rough it's hard to go back and listen do you, you know you said you don't do that right you just focus on going forward right yeah and it's interesting because i think listeners for the most part are somewhat forgiving because i have people who are like oh those first 50 those first 100 episodes are fine we don't notice anything it's like Mm -hmm. geez i've spent like hundreds of dollars to figure this out like there has to be (laughs) just tell me there's a difference right just lie to me if you don't really believe it Right. I, I worked hard for there to be a difference. I mean, anyone who's an audiophile will be able to tell right away. Mm-hmm. But if you're like just coming into podcasting, you don't like know the ins and outs and maybe you don't listen to a ton of shows. Mm-hmm. I can see where that might be the case. But me, I'm like, oh, God, I can't. I can't listen to this. <laughs> All right. Well, listen, real quick before we have to take a quick break. Talk about your Tony fandom. How did you get into the Tony Kornheiser show and stuff like that and become a little? Yeah, I was uh, I was thinking about this today leading up to this interview. And I started listening probably around the time I got my job in New York. So around like 2008, 2009. And I was commuting a lot. And I remember finding the PTI show on podcast. I mean, this was right when podcasting came out mm-hmm. and was a thing. And I didn't know that Tony Kornheiser had a radio show. I didn't know any of that. And I think he mentioned it on PTI or something. And yeah. I was like, all right, well, let me go back and check it out and found out that at that point they were releasing it as podcast. Hmm. And in those days, it was two hours. It was like one hour on the radio. So really 45 minutes each segments. And it was perfect. It was a perfect commute listen i would listen on my way to work i would listen on my, i was going to night school at that point and try to finish out my grad degree and it was like i had a whole bunch of friends with me uh, on the subway and hearing about dc traffic and weather and how to get to tony's house from the pti show and all the stuff that i should not have cared about but man it was just great great radio and yeah. especially when he was on rant or something was going wrong in his life like whenever something's going wrong in tony's life like, I can't. So like, the sports us. stuff is good. <laughs> Him playing golf with the president. All of that stuff is great. But there's nothing better than the granular. I have a beef with my telephone company, and I spent eight hours on the phone with them. That's my sweet spot with the TK show. Yeah. I'm convinced if there's a lull in the show, someone decides, let's just go park a trailer on a street. And, <laughs> and it's gold. It's gold, yeah. Jerry. It's gold, as they say. So. If that's the case and it's someone deliberately doing it, uh, it's even better. Oh, that's uh, even better. So I'm good. convinced it might be a little, like just to give us some good <laughs> podcast content. So right. anyway, listen, Daniel, you can stick around, right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Okay, great. Because we, we got so much to get into still. So all right, Loyal Littles, we'll be right back with Meet the Littles. This is Greg Dobbs, and you're listening to the Loyal Littles Podcast on the WTFC Podcast Network. Welcome back to the Loyal Littles podcast, and we are here again meeting the Littles. We have Daniel Ford with us, and we're we're talking about about like <laughs> everything podcast. This is great. Well, Roxy, I had to, to cut you off real quick because I, in his introduction, learned new stuff. Mm-hmm. Like I, my main interest. So I saw you had a podcast, and you were over five hundred episodes. I was like, we have to get this guy on the podcast. He's mm-hmm. a loyal little. 
And then he comes on and he's like, oh, by the way, I wrote two books. <laughs> I was like, what? I had no idea. And that wasn't on the forum, Littles, right. for the record. So let's, well, what, we're going to let you go. What do you want to start with? Because we want to hear about both. I mean, it's funny because uh, I'm usually the one asking the questions. <laughs> so I want to I want to learn about you two. Well, um, we can do that but too. But for me, it's weird. Like this whole podcasting thing, the great thing about it is that you do meet people, whether it's one of your interests, like the Tony Kornheiser show, which is, I think, the first time that I said his name cleanly the whole time for reasons <laughs> passing understanding. You meet people like this. And when you connect with people and you share some of the same experiences, whether it's editing audio whether it's finding guests, whether it's edit, whatever it is, and you just, that person gets it, it's pretty special. So it's been a lot of fun. All right. So you want to go podcast first? We can go podcast okay. first. Yeah. But I mean, if we talk about my own writing, I'm going to get very weird. So uh, <laughs> which tends to happen. Okay. Uh, All right. We'll stick and, with and the podcast. Very humble. No, but so yeah, <laughs> let's go with podcasting where, where I kind of know what I'm doing. Okay. And then we'll just plug the book at the end, I guess. No. Okay. All right. So. <laughs> Well, my question is, because off air, you were just kind of starting to mention, I was like, oh, no, no, we're going to get back on because I want to talk about this. Now, you were talking about getting guests because that's yes. what we do, clearly. And sometimes it's not as easy as one might think. Now, I'm amazed with you because this is no offense to the Littles, but our main response to the Littles, they, I can't tell you how many freaking times they've said, oh, I have nothing to say or no one <laughs> wants to hear about me. I run a boring life. And our motto on the Loyal Littles podcast is every loyal little has a story to tell and we'll get it out of you. And we even give the form to try to get an idea of who we're talking to ahead of time. Now, you're finding big names. Well, I mean, you dropped Ann Hornaday. Hello. I mean, that's that yes. would be a dream of ours, too, to have her come on because, you know, we like to have a big on every occasion. If we can, I mean, anytime they want to come on, obviously we'll do it. But because it's interesting to hear, because we know them from the Tony Kornheiser show, but we don't know their right. true background and stuff like that. So, how do you find these big names? Go into that a little bit. Yeah. Well, let me tell my Ann Hornaday story. Oh, first, great. Yeah. Uh, where I, uh, I was a wimp. <laughs> so, we signed up. This was a couple years ago. I think we recorded 2017. We recorded at Chatter. Mark Stern was offering, I think, I don't know if he offered on the show or I saw on Twitter. He's like, hey, if you want to record in our studio, you know, shoot me a note. We can work something out. So obviously, as a little with a podcast, I was like, uh, yeah. yeah. And at that point, we had never been in an actual studio before. So we were like real new, real oh, yeah. raw. So we fly to D.C., we go to Chatter, and we walk in the bar. And the bartenders, who were super nice, and we were so nervous the bartender's like, hey, you guys want to drink? And I was like, yeah, I will take a Guinness, please. Thank you. <laughs> so we're, we're having like a couple Guinness. And I can see Ian Hornaday's podcast happening behind me. And they had told me, like, if you guys want to come in and sit in, feel free. That was what, at the and movies, I, right? Yes. Yeah, right, right, right. And I was just like, I don't want to, like, especially like halfway through, like, I don't want to you know, mess up their flow. I don't want to be weird. Who am I? So I kind of just gawked at them for about half an hour as they were recording. <laughs> And they walked out, and they kind of give us a head nod. And I could have talked to Anne like in person, but I was way too shy. Oh my gosh! So it wasn't until I reached out for our podcast, she did like an Oscar prep with us in like 2018, I think. I can't remember the episode number. Might not have a number. Might just be like a special episode I did. Yeah. And she was great. Like, but it wasn't until then when we had a conversation that I had to relive this uh, horrible shy memory. She's like, "Oh, you should have came in." And I was going to say, "Did you tell her? Did you you would have. <laughs> we would have put you on the show. We'd have done all this stuff." And I was like, "Oh no!" You're like, no, I was just quietly dr drinking a Guinness at 11 a.m., shaking. Yeah, no big deal. Wow. Now, were you married at that time? Uh, we might. We were engaged. We weren't married. But I, I mean, she must have been life. like kicking you upside the head, right? I mean, to say, oh, you could have come on our podcast and probably plugged your podcast on Hand Freaking Hornaday's <laughs> podcast. I mean, come uh, on. Probably. I mean, she. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. How do I put this? She doesn't understand my love of the Tony Kornheiser show. <laughs> I think she does now. Yeah. You no, know, I mean, she sees him screaming on the PTI show. Right. Mm -hmm. uh, that's what she calls it. She's like, oh, you're watching the screaming show again. <laughs> and it was, I think, harder for her to get excited about this whole thing. Yeah. Um, now, you have to understand this excites me because this gives Roxy affirmation because now she understands because you're like the 10th time this has happened. Yeah. Because that's how she used to be. <laughs> I do have right. to say, though, of all the screaming shows that Chuck watches <laughs> while I'm trying to go to sleep... <laughs> PTI is the only one that he's allowed to watch. 
That makes sense. That's the one I'm allowed to have on. Of, of the screaming it, it shows. It wouldn't work if they weren't so smart and right. so good at what they right. do. Their oh, insights yeah. weren't so keen. Absolutely. You know, like if it weren't, and it doesn't work in a lot of venues. Like I, you know, you mentioned Around the Horn a while ago, and while I like the show, I I'm not religious about it. Yeah. Like I go in waves because I think too much of it. I'm like, ah. Oh man like i just i can't but for whatever reason tony and mike and pti and his radio show i could listen to endlessly and, oh yeah and i do absolutely yep i never miss one i'm kind of like you P- uh, i hate saying that because I, I do adore tony reale i like him yes uh, oh god i gotta great. be honest nowadays it kind of depends on who the guests are i won't, yes, I won't drop names but yeah i'm with you i'm with yeah. you and yeah. uh you know just to get back to the guest thing just so i don't forget to answer the question like that podcast guest um <laughs> You know, at the very beginning, this wasn't going to be an interview show. This was going to be me and my buddy talking pop culture, talking nerd culture, talking books, talking movies. I mean, if you go through our YouTube, which we stopped doing, thank God, uh, <laughs> or our beginning episodes, I mean, we were we were riffing. Yeah. And it worked. But I mean, those shows are like a dime a dozen. And, you know, I, I don't think it would have been as creatively fulfilling, you know, once we started getting into this. So he had the idea to interview people, and he got, I'll never forget this, our first guest was Charles Ardai, who runs Hard Case Crime. They republish old pulp novels, and I believe they also published recent works by various crime fiction writers. I think I have that right. Uh, And it was late at night. You know, we were kind of on his schedule. He had kids. He's like, can you guys come on at nine and talk to me? And we're like, Sure. In those days, like now I'd be like, holy cow, nine. I don't think I keep my eyes open. So, you know, <laughs> by 830, forget it. But yeah, it was uh, and it was great. And we loved it. And we were hooked. And it was like, all right, let's get guests. And we were sending out hundreds of emails a week just oh. begging people to come on. And at this point, like we didn't sound good. We didn't know what we were doing. Like we tried scripts. We tried no scripts. We, we tried it all. And finally, uh, once I met my good friend, Paul, who's an audiophile, he's like, listen, if you guys want to do this and you should do this because you guys have the right chemistry, you're great with guests. Dan, you have the journalism background. You ask great questions. You need the sound to be good. And with him, I kind of worked on that. And from that point on, once with the, we figured out the sound and got some bigger names, and now I get those 20 to 30 emails a week are coming in my direction. Like, hey, can our author be on our show? Which is uh, wow. really That's so cool. Great. That's and, and not small names like Richard Russo, who's a, a lifetime influence for me. We have on recently Lauren Groff, who wrote uh, Fates and Furies and recently Matrix and is up for the National Book Award. She was on recently, which was a dream. She was terrific. Uh, yeah, and it's uh, names that just they, they've been coming to us. I mean, I, I have authors too who I pick up and I, I want to read. So I, I am still sending those emails out, but right. it's more the the other way around, which is a wow. nice, nice problem to have. Congratulations. That's so nice. It'd be so nice if we had littles <laughs> coming to us. We've had them once in a while. Yeah. Once in a while, we'll have a little write in and say, hey, I'd love to come on the podcast. Yeah. That'd be so nice. Littles do. It'll that. happen. It'll happen. <laughs> hey, you're, you're only at 100. You're spring. I know, right? At this point. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Wow. Well, that's terrific. So, okay. And we'll, we'll plug that again at the end. We'll put it in the show notes, all that stuff, because people should really check this out. Now, the books. Was that before the podcast? Same time? When did all that happen? Uh, yes. <laughs> and we're done. All a- of the above. <laughs> all right. Thanks for coming. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> it has been a lifelong I kid that I started writing this novel in high school. And it's not a total lie, because I, I wrote the guts of one chapter in a creative writing class sophomore year. And kind of hung on to it until I needed it. But it's a coming-of-age story about a writer who grew up in Connecticut and went off to New York. Does that hmm. sound like anyone else yeah. you know? I, sounds like a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, it took me a while, uh, some false starts. I mean, at one point, it was like 400 pages long. I'm like, uh, that, that's not going to work. And at, at the same time, I was also figuring out like my voice and what worked and what didn't and what sounded good and what was horrible and went through a lot of horrible drafts, a lot of good drafts, finally got it down. And I tried to go the traditional publishing route and that didn't happen. And I was interviewing, well, we were interviewing uh, author uh, Joshua Moore, who wrote a memoir called Sirens, which is really good. He has one out now that I can't remember the name of, but also good. And he was talking about how he found his independent publisher, $2 Radio. And like I knew indie publishers existed because Mm -hmm. we were interviewing them. I just didn't know how many were out there and if that was a viable thing. So after that, I went online and just emailed all of them. (laughs) It's like, 
uh, here's my query letter. Here's the first 10 pages, you know, whatever they needed. I was like, sure. here you go. Yeah. And got some emails that are, even if you get a reply in the publishing business, that's a win. So even mm -hmm. if it's a no, it's a form letter, or even better, it's a no, but this is what we like, this is what you can work on. I mean, oh. the, the, that, yeah. those so you are get great some feedback. That feedback yeah. is great. Right. right. Any of that is pure gold. So got some of that, did some tweaking in the meantime while I'm waiting to hear it. And I got an email from this publisher in upstate New York, and they're like, oh, we loved your initial pages. Can we read more? Ooh. I mean, this was kind of, I saw the email late at night, and I just... <laughs> Well, I think it was like 11. It could have been midnight. I can't remember. Uh, we'll say midnight. That's a better story. Uh, this <laughs> the clock struck midnight. Like I, and I remember I was setting my alarm for my phone. I'm like, I'm not going to check my email. Don't check my emails. All right, fine. Check your emails. <laughs> check my, and there it was. Wow. And I, was, I just bolted up. And they're like, oh, we want to see X, Y, and Z. Can you send it over? And I'm sure they saw the timestamp. We're like, wow, this guy is insane. <laughs> 2 a.m. <laughs> So right, right away, this all is a win. Even yeah. if they oh, say absolutely. Yeah, sure. whatever length you can get, I mean, that, that's oh, it's awesome. like It's like getting a call back in our yeah, world. Yeah, you know, right. we understand. Totally. yeah. We understand. Oh, totally. wow, okay, right. they like me. I yeah, might not exactly. get the job, but they at least like me enough yeah. this far. It, it, right, they like me enough, and like I'm not terrible at this. I can yeah. keep doing this. It, right. it, it's creative fuel uh, in some ways. And then got on the phone with the publisher and we were talking about the book and he was talking about what he, and he was describing my book and the things he liked and some lines of dialogue. I'm like, Holy shit, is this really happening? Like, <laughs> what is going on? And I remember I was at work in like a phone booth and I was like, what is this my life? I mean, there, I was getting emails like about stupid work things. And like, here I am like in this phone booth, like, Oh yeah, we want to publish your novel. Wow. And that's when like my head splattered on the phone booth glass. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute. Can, can you replay that again? Because right. it sounds like you said you wanted to publish them up. Right. Wow. And then uh, what's great about that is I worked with them on uh, the cover. Got a great designer for both covers for Sit Sanford Lives and Black Coffee. Uh, I had a guy do it. And basically, I am not a visual guy. Like, I am all about the audio. I am mm -hmm. all about the words. When someone asks me, like, oh, well, how do you envision this? I'm like, mm, I don't know. Just make it good. So that's kind of what he went on, and it, he delivered like the two most perfect covers I've ever seen. Wow. Oh, that's great. Yeah, and then got to do the whole thing, and it's different. Like, so you don't get like the the marketing arm you would with a big publisher, uh, you know, the or the advance money or anything like that. But you do have, I think, more creative control over your mm. work, mm. how you do that. So I was able to organize essentially my own book tour both times and you know how I marketed it and I think part of it is that and why they like me is that I had a network already I had a channel that I could market right. all of this stuff to right. not not only myself but the other writers in their imprint which I did and they've got a, a great stable of writers and uh, at some point I will return to them once I uh, get off my duff here and write again yeah pandemic has kind of put a, a crimp in that uh, I'm a slow writer to begin with but mm. yeah we'll get there Oh, that's yeah. fantastic. Well, Daniel, listen, we're already almost out of time. And I know you're a newbie, but there's one thing that we pride ourselves on here at the Loyal Littles podcast. And those are our fun, dumb questions. Yeah, but I always ask a serious question first. She'll, she'll give I'm you a serious to. one. Well, then <laughs> I'm going to go first because okay. our listening audience needs to know, and this has come up a lot lately because of different types of sandwiches, but are you crunchy or smooth peanut butter? Oh, smooth. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Crunchy peanut butter is a scent. Thank you. And he's a Yankee fan. Go figure. No, <laughs> no. Now I'm going to follow up because this is just recent. This has been yeah. new on our podcast. Now, do you have anything else with the peanut butter besides what I, what we would consider standard jelly or fluff and utter? Okay. Right. Standards. Sure. Okay. Yeah. Do you like any other types of sandwich besides that peanut, peanut butter, butter with something else? Well, and this relates back to my time at St. John's. Uh, I worked as the baseball manager for the baseball team for three years as part of my work study. Mm -hmm. Nice. So I was always tasked with making like hundreds of peanut butter and jelly sandwiches for our double headers. Oh, okay. So I have kind of lost my taste for peanut butter and jelly. Gotcha. Uh, but between that and fluffernutter, That's peanut it. butter and jelly for sure. Right. Yeah. Okay. All day long. Yeah. Uh, I don't think I've had a fluffernutter since I was like... Uh, eight years old. Yeah, they're so good though. No, but recently we've had people going, oh no, peanut, peanut butter, butter and tomatoes, peanut butter and uh, cucumbers. Gross. I'm like, what? <laughs> anyway. The, all right. The farthest I will go <laughs> is peanut butter and bananas on like an English one. Oh, okay. oh, that's that's okay. That's as yeah, far that's as I go. good. And look, another couple of people were saying uh, bananas and uh, bacon. 
And look, I'm a big fan of putting bacon on anything. Peanut butter, yeah. But, you know, I don't know. Anyway, Roxy, what do we got? All right. So you're a writer. Love this. You love books. What has been either your favorite book you've ever read or a book that somehow after reading it changed your life? Yeah, I'm glad I answered this somewhat recently. So it's fresh in my oh, brain. Oh, good. <laughs> I know, I know what the book is, but I, I'm glad that I had a spiel worked out previously. So when I was in senior English class, my English teacher would give me books kind of on the side because she knew I was a big reader and wanted to be a writer. So she was kind of encouraging that. And she handed me Richard Russo's Nobody's Fool which is a book about this uh, kind of rundowns, maybe not the wrong word, but this very insular upstate New York town. And anyone who hasn't lived in New York, you know, maybe can't imagine it, but, you know, just imagine this small town where everyone knows each other. And there's one cranky old man who kind of uh, limps around and uh, shenanigans ensue. (laughs) And when I read that book, I'm like, this is how I want to write family drama, dialogue, comedy, just heart, all of it in one. So that is my touchdown is Richard Russo's Nobody's Fool. When I'm writing, that's kind of what I have in mind. Oh, nice. All right. I'm going to get this back on track and say, (laughs) just kidding. Uh, If you could be a cartoon character for a week, who would it be? Oh, man, it's got to be Garfield, right? Ooh, we haven't had That's a first. Yeah. I like that. Not not one Garfield? Not one Garfield. What are are we doing out there? Uh, lasagna on, what else did he like here, i love i used to love every Garfield. birthday meal my uh wife's grandmother makes me lasagna oh. and it is one of my favorite winter meals and if i could just sit around and be lazy and drink coffee and lasagna i would be garfield so and it just makes sense actually i might have just found a new one garfield or heathcliff heathcliff is how you say his name remember that other cat Oh yeah, I, oh he's trash. He, no, I remember. <laughs> no, I remember watching him as a kid, thinking oh, like, "Oh, this is going to be just as good." No, no. Oh, he's no a punk. Clip. But yeah, yeah, I kind of, I, no. I respect. He's trash. <laughs> That's excellent. I stand by it. I All right. It. All right. Um, if you could live in any TV home, what would it be? What well, this is. Uh... This is a tough one. Now, I, I'm going to interrupt because we did adjust the question a little bit. It can be movie. It doesn't have to be a TV home. And you can choose no, I, I'm to a TV with, guy. So oh, okay, great. Uh, with or uh, without so the people? You know what? I would live in the loft apartment in New Girl. Uh, and I would want the gang with me. I would want to be a part of the gang. Wow. That's a that's a show we haven't really talked to. I used to love that show. Is that still on? It's not still on, right? It's not still on, no. But yeah. one uh, that my wife and I watch all the time uh, is where you know, yeah. lounge around the weekend or yeah. cooking or whatever, just need to pick me up. Yeah. Uh, it's a it's a great hangout show. Uh, and I will tease this. Also, uh, it's a clue to some of our upcoming guests on our show. Whoa. <laughs> I knew there was a... <laughs> that's Love awesome. A good teaser. Uh, and, and that's a nice loft. I know the show. Yeah. I know the cast. It's a lot of fun. So check it out, Littles. We do a lot of TV on our podcast, too. Mm-hmm. Because I'm, we're big TV people <laughs> to a fault. Yeah, we have a legal pad. I have a legal pad to keep it all straight. Watch. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's sad. I'm just gonna. That's a man. That's that's a tough question. I would also like to, if I can throw in where uh, where I would like to work. <laughs> okay. TV episode. Uh, I would like to work at the airport in Wings. Oh yeah, it's a show that cool. I loved forever. Uh, and I'm like one of 10 people who claims that as his favorite show. Yeah. Uh, so I, I would definitely love to work in that airport with all yeah. of them. All right. Excellent. Cool. All right. If you hosted Saturday Night Live, who would you like to introduce as your musical guest? Uh, this is easy. The boss. You can't see it, but there's a concert poster frame behind me. It would be Bruce Springsteen. Oh, nice. excellent. And then I would likely promptly land in jail for being annoying to him, <laughs> uh, but it would be worth it. Well, we tell everyone now pick who you, you know, because you, most likely you're going to hang out with them afterwards. I mean, oh, yeah. You're going to no, get to would, say the goodbye. Bruce Springsteen, the no yeah. matter what. Okay. Wow. Great. Nice. Uh, what is the best piece of advice you've received? Ooh, well, this is tough because that's usually my final question on our show. Oh, uh, really? That's my aspiring writers. Yeah. Uh, so we get a ton of advice, but I mean, the sounds so dopey and cliche and trite, but it's uh, it's read and we read widely, and after that, just uh, just write a ton. Nice. Uh, it's it's so simple, but if you're struggling or you put it down, I mean, that's that's how you get back into it. Yeah, wow. that's excellent. All right. And last one. If someone made a movie of your life, would it be a drama, a comedy or a romantic comedy, action film, science fiction? And then we added horror movie and documentary. <laughs> Those are two that Littles have added over the course of horror documentary. <laughs> documentary. Wow. That's that's ballsy. That's brassy. <laughs> documentary. Good Lord. You know, as someone who wrote a 
book based loosely on his life or who, what he wanted his life to be like. See, it's documentary. I, I want, See, I'm, I'm leaning, I'm leaning more dramedy, but I, I'm going to say romantic comedy because I'm a romantic comedy junkie. So oh, that's uh, just because your wife's going to listen to this, isn't it? That is 100 percent correct. I mean, yes. Dare I actually, ask if Hallmark is? Like oh no 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 not, no 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 it's gotta it's gotta at least be well written it can't, sure. can't sure. it's not like we don't watch complete trash for rom-coms but the the ones we love that we stick with yeah uh, have to be at least well written and acted yeah. wow gotcha well daniel unfortunately we're out of time i mean this has been great, though. We really appreciate it. Let's take a second now, and because we always ask, is there something you want to plug? And we know you've got plenty. So how? tell us the podcast again, and maybe how we can buy your book. Sure. Books. Uh, yeah. Excuse me. Excuse me. Books. <laughs> uh, yeah, two-time published author. No big deal. Yeah, uh, yeah if you go to uh, writersphone.com, you can find out all about the podcast. Uh, and we're on any listening channel like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, a ton that no one's ever heard of that we're just on as part of our uh, network. So, uh, yeah, but if you go to writersbone.com, you can find all of that. And if you go to danielf4.com, which I believe you can also find on writersbone.com, you can find all of my work, my two books, Sid Sanford Lives and Black Coffee, uh, all available for sale, buy in bulk for the holidays. Uh, <laughs> great stocking stuffer, great Absolutely. gift for the reader in your life, all of that. But yeah, that's it. All right. And we'll make sure we put all that in the show notes for you. So if uh, listeners, if you're uh, driving or whatever now and you can't write that down, it'll be in our show notes. Just look it up later when you get home. Well, Daniel, thank you again for coming on. We really appreciate the time. And as an homage to the big show, we'll get you out of here on this. Over or under? Definitely over. All right. Uh, I am more on the Chuck Todd side of things. <laughs> uh, I will... I will want to change it in people's homes. Oh, you're one of those. <laughs> oh, I love that. I don't actually, I don't actually do it. But you but want, want to. Yeah. I want to. Love yes. it. I'm the same way. It's funny. I told a story where I would never do that, and then I did actually recently. But it was my dad's house, so it's, it's okay. It's okay. Oh, okay. It doesn't even count. Yeah, it doesn't even count. So, all right. Daniel, thank you so much for coming on and meeting the Littles. This has been fantastic. We really appreciate the time. Oh, no problem. Thanks a lot. Uh, love what you guys are doing. Uh, keep up the good work. Uh, thanks. thanks. You too. All right, all you loyal listeners, we'll be right back. This is Michelle from Houston. You're listening to the Loyal Littles podcast on the WTFC Podcast Network. And now back to Chuck and Roxy. Welcome back to the Loyal Littles podcast on the WTFC podcast. Nah, work to work. <laughs> all right. Littles, we tried to mix it up a little bit. We've got double bonus. We've got lots of big treats coming up here. We're going to, real quick, we're going to acknowledge the Friday Five from Jeff Flowers. It's the Friday Five after dark. So we're going to rip through these because they're pretty straightforward and we have a lot of other stuff to get to. Number one, dark or milk chocolate. Roxy? Both. Come on, Wilbon. Dark chocolate. Yeah, and I, I like milk. I, I actually like both, Roxy. But I don't I'm, like either. You like white chocolate. Oh, that's true. That's not chocolate, though. Oh, it sure is. No, it's oh. literally not chocolate. Okay, I said we were going to burn through these quick, <laughs> and now you're going to do that to me? I'm Wait, what do you just mean it's not... What do you mean it's not... White cho chocolate. Look, we'll burn through it. We'll move on, but no. people write in. White chocolate is not chocolate. Well, There's then why no do we... chocolate in white chocolate. Why don't we just say it, call it white? Like, what do you mean? Well, well, it's not that, chocolate. Because well, then you wouldn't know what it is. Well, like, so... Obviously. So it's white chocolate. It's <laughs> not chocolate. We can move on, but it's not white chocolate. Well, I don't know if I want to move on now, because you've we started something here. You've started something here. so much to get to. All right, Littles, right in. If you mastered the dark arts, what magic spell would you cast first? Invisibility. Ooh, uh, mind reading. Ooh, that's a good one. Yeah. Roxy kind of took mine. I don't about know. flying? Flying. All right, fine. I'll go with flying. Number is that, three. Is that a dark art, I though? I don't think so. Uh, Neither is invisibility. Yes, know it is because dark. you can snoop on people, and I love snooping. Okay, fine. Great. That's, that's, yeah, well, I think was... you can do better than Just than call flying. me Gladys Kravitz. Who the hell's that? What? Number three. Who's better, the Dark Knight, Batman, or the Man of Steel? Super. I'm not even done yet, Roxy, and she's trying to chime in. Or name your favorite superhero of choice. Man of Steel, duh. It's hot. Wait, choose, I have to choose between the two, but then it says, but or you can or, just have anything. Or you can have any super. Well, he's uh, trying to be nice. I don't know. Captain Planet. Pretty cool. Who yeah. the hell's that? Captain Planet. He's a hero. He's going to take pollution down to zero. Ooh, what about Sailor Moon? Does he mm. like white chocolate? Number four. If or, you or just white, as you call it now. Yeah. <laughs> It sounds so bad. If you only knew the power of the dark side, quote, Darth Vader, have you ever rooted for the villain in a story? And if so, when? I mean, 
Bachelor in Paradise, when the villains from The Bachelor or Bachelorette go on Paradise, they're kind of trying to redeem themselves. And I do root for them. Period. That's interesting. <laughs> I just watched Diana the Musical on Netflix. Oh, so did we. And I definitely <gasps> so wasn't rooting for Diana. So, you know, I was, Camilla. I mean, oh, she, yeah. she was great. Yeah. yeah. She you, was great. You're rooting for Camilla in that. And yeah, she's supposed good. to be the, the bad guy, kind of. That's you know? a good one. That's, yeah. That is a good one. Wow, I didn't even think about it that way. I don't know if I was rooting for her, but yeah. I was just trying to get through it, Oof. honestly. Yeah, it was rough. Yeah, that, that fast forward button is... I, I, <laughs> I'm going to go with... Um, same thing with kind of Roxy, but Survivor. I mean, there's been times where I will root for Russell Hans, and yes, he should have won that season. Sorry. I feel like none of us are really answering the actual question, though, because I feel like he wants it to be about movies and things. So, so I, I would say, what's his face <laughs> in Avengers? Thanos, okay. is it? I have no idea. The, the ring, the guy. Oh, you haven't watched any of that? No. no. Wait, really? No. Yeah. Never. We've wow. been talking to you too. I, 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 I think his philosophy of like wiping out half of everything made sense. So I rooted for him. I was like, he's got a good idea. Yeah. yeah. All right. And he has a bonus question and it's going to tie into our next thing. Bonus question. You want to read it, Roxy? Yeah. What's the darkest thing you'll admit to doing or thinking that you're willing to post here? Wait, wait. Is my mind in the gutter or not? I don't know. Well, I just don't think you'd be happy with what I'm thinking about oh dear yeah Uh well she's right here i stole a pumpkin (laughs) a changes the subject immediately (laughs) and two admits to a fel. that's not a felony right no but Uh, well it depends where you stole it from probably it could be it could be yeah yeah, it could be okay well i went to a farm with a friend because we were gonna go pumpkin picking not wait you were gonna go pump wait who who's this guy and (laughs) actually it was a guy (laughs) exactly (laughs) and tell me that you bought this wait this is a great line say this again we're gonna go what what are you sally and linus like what the hell kind of we went to a farm and went to pick a pumpkin and didn't realize at the time, like we were the only ones there. So like we should have known that, Gee, there, that the place how was convenient. The place, the place hadn't opened yet. Oh, sure. Opening, opening weekend was apparently the following weekend. Of course But we it thought was. they were there. The pumpkins were there. So we went and we picked one and I was going to try to leave money, like guess how much the pumpkin cost <laughs> and leave money. But he was like, no, let's get out of here. And then we ran to the car and drove off and then I ended up not carving said pumpkin. I threw a Mardi Gras mask on it and a random wig that I had in my closet and I like put it on the stoop and it was incognito. Wow. And then we made out for three hours. No, that never <laughs> happened. All right. Never. That's our Friday five That's ending with, right. with uh, Roxy here committing a felony. Okay, great. Thank you, Jeff Flowers, for those. Now, Littles, it's time for the news. All right, Simon, you're going to do the honors because it's a Florida Man Friday situation, I think, right? right. We have a couple of those, so we're hoping... We think the Littles have been missing this a little bit. So, right. Simon, what do you got? Time for the news. Okay, well, this is a good one. I'm reading this in real time, so my responses will be so genuine. Yeah, Simon hasn't seen these yet. Yeah. So, we've got, I've got here, Florida couple caught having sex in backseat of police car. I love it already. <laughs> okay, so a Florida couple were allegedly caught on video having sex in the back of a police car. A Florida Highway Patrol trooper said that Summer Watkins and Jordan Neo, both 24, engaged in sexual activity after being placed in a patrol car when Neo was pulled over for driving with a suspended license. Watkins allegedly told Neo, Baby, we should record an OnlyFans video back here. Minutes before the couple began to have oral sex, according to an arrest report statement from trooper J.D. Perez-Morales, Shortly after making the comment to Neo, Perez Morales warned her against carrying out the sex act and proceeded to explain that the couple were being taken to a nearby gas station where they could make arrangements to go home. At approximately 2.20am, the defendant interrupted me and asked again, to which I said, no, wrote Perez Morales. Uh, The trooper left the car one minute later after telling the couple that a couple of minutes would be needed. And then shortly after I closed the door, he said, The defendant then bent down and began to perform oral sex on Mr. Neo for approximately 40 seconds. The prisoner compartment camera (laughs) captured all the events. That's how they knew the timing here. And then minutes later, 
The Perez Morales reviewed video footage from the patrol car. The trooper quickly arrested Watkins. She was charged with lewd and lascivious behavior and breach of the peace. Uh, I feel like the trooper knew exactly what was happening when he left the car for a couple of minutes. Why would he leave the car for a couple of minutes? And why? Well, he had to fill out a report or something, I'm sure. Do it in the car. Yeah, and then immediately review the video because he knew what he was going to see. I mean. Well, there's that too. Can we go back to the 40 seconds? 40 seconds? Well, he, I, he, I guess the officer was only gone for 40 I seconds. I mean, first of all, we should have started this with, we're sorry, Jolene. I, I mean, I don't and know. anybody else who, you Well, know, of course, but, but I don't understand. <laughs> Sorry, I, 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 there's more details in here that... Oh, uh, there's it, more. No, it's just like, that is pretty crazy, All but right. uh, predictable. All right, I don't know what to say. It does kind of go with the Jeff Flowers after dark. Oh, I mean, Friday I five. guess. Uh, yeah. yeah, you know, so yeah, what's your favorite superhero? This is the after... Stick in the back of the car. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely. This is the after dark version of Florida Man Friday. All right, and then let's finish up one last one. Pigs go hog wild on golf course, injure two, and force club closure. Mr. Tony would be upset. The festive season is typically time for pigs and blankets, but at one British golf club, oh, it's a Brit, some oinkers have been creating quite a stir. Two huge pigs recently made their way onto the golf course at Lightcliff Golf Club in Yorkshire, disrupting play and even injuring some golfers who tried to shoo them away. The first appeared on Sunday, remembers President Philip Marshall, although he tells CNN Sports The Club don't know where they came from. One of our golfers saw these pigs on the course and tried to shoo them off and sustained a cut on his leg and had to go to the A&E for a shot. And they disappeared then, so we thought they'd gone. On Tuesday, they reappeared then, and they dug up the 18th green, the first tee, and then our head greens director tried to shoo one of them off, and it turned on him and cut his leg. So he had to go and have a tetanus jab, but he's fine, and he actually had a hole-in-one this Thursday morning. So no ill effects to him at all then. I love that they throw in that he got the hole in one. Uh, That's a big deal. Well, it is. He does say, although Marshall describes the injuries as minor cuts, both went to the emergency room as a precaution as they were injuries caused by a wild animal. So sure. Okay. That makes sense. Now, the other thing is, Simon, do you get jabbed when you get a tetanus? I guess that's what you say over there. A tetanus shot? Yeah, Yeah. a jab. Yeah. Oh, a jab. Is that not a thing? They jab you. I like that. I don't know. What do we say? Shot. Yeah. You get a shot. Tetanus shot. You get a tetanus jab. Yeah. Oh. Jabbed, jab. No, I'm not. Yeah, I, I just, yeah. yeah information yeah, for life. Every day I learn a word that I have that it doesn't matter how long I've been here. There's always something I'm like, oh, you guys don't say that. I've been here so long. Yeah, I'm I don't think like, we say jab. Yeah. Littles, do you say jab? I don't think we do. Do you still say the loo? Not really. Uh, that's kind of gone from my vernacular. Gotcha. Yeah. Bring it back. Yeah, maybe I will. Okay. Yeah. It's yeah. much more polite, I think. Polite. Polite. It's still yeah. the same place. Yeah, I know. It's not, still yeah. dirty. Yeah. Depends on where you go. But Ugh. All right, you two. That's the news. Littles, let's get out of here. Roxy, tell everyone how they can get in touch with us. You can email us at WTFCpodnet at gmail.com. We're also on Twitter at Loyal Littles Pod. We're also on Instagram at The Loyal Littles Podcast. And don't forget about our Facebook page, The Loyal Littles Podcast. And don't forget to head on over to Apple Podcasts and iTunes and give us a nice rate and review over there. Daniel Ford, thank you again for coming on to Meet the Littles. That was a good time. And thank you, Santa. Yes, it's the holiday season. So it's we're allowed the holiday to do this. Season. Lee Gordon, Greg Dobbs, and Michelle Pendleton for our bumpers this week. All right, Littles, we'll see you next time. And as always, don't forget to, especially, oh, now, because it's holiday season, lots of shopping. Don't forget to use the code. Shout out Patrick Smith, a.k.a. Smitty Scoop, coming all the way up to New York City. For a double feature. With his family. Yep. They saw not only the Radio City Rockets Christmas Spectacular and Cheek to Cheek in the same day. Wow. Thank you so much for the support. You're too kind. It was great seeing you. It was so great seeing you. Above and beyond, sir. Thank you. Memories to keep. Christmas Eve 
podcast is produced by the WTFC Podcast Network and edited by Louis B. Crocco. And the Loyal Littles podcast logo is designed and drawn by Eric Lonergan. Oh, yeah.